0: Today's show is brought to you in partnership with GiveSum. GiveSum is a platform that got on my radar last year. I've been watching with anticipation as they built out their solution. What they have built is brilliant. It's an online platform that allows companies who are already giving to seamlessly engage their employees in the experience by allowing them to choose the causes that matter most to them and choosing where the funds are donated. As my listeners know, I believe that corporate giving needs to be a table stakes when it comes to how we as leaders run our companies. And I also know that sometimes those donations and acts of support don't always connect to the people on our teams. Give some solves that problem by creating a bridge where you as a leader can now allow your team to select the causes and charities that matter most to them, and then through the platform itself, receive direct feedback on the impact of those funds. Gone is the need for the once a year town hall or a company-wide email to share the, what causes the org supported last year. GiveSome allows your team to pick the charities and get direct feedback on the impact the dollars had. One of the best parts, GiveSome does not take a percentage of the donation. 100% of the dollars donated go directly to the charity and to the people who need it the most. GiveSome works with your company and for a set fee, they administer the entire process. If you're already giving, which statistically speaking, you most likely are, visit GiveSome.com and find out how you can get your entire company involved in making a difference for the people who need it most. Hello and a Warm Collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Ms. Kara Wolf. How are you doing, Kara? Mm.
1: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Tyler?
0: I am amazing. This is uh, Easter for... This will be out in a few weeks, but we're, this is a great way to have to spend my early morning. So thank you for joining me for a coffee and a chat on uh, on, a, on a holiday Friday to talk about cybersecurity and quantum computing and all kinds of cool, geeky, nerdy stuff that I'm really pumped about. Uh, you are CEO at Amolite Analytics. So let's just jump in the quick pitch elevator, uh, do, a, do a couple floors. What is AMOLED Analytics all about? What do you guys do in the world? And uh, let's unfold from there.
1: Oh, okay. Well, uh, nice to be here, Tyler. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me this morning. Uh, Always happy to speak on cybersecurity and and ways to keep our organizations safe. Uh, We provide uh, security advisory services for small, medium-sized businesses to help them protect their companies from malicious actors trying to steal their data or impersonate their identities. Uh, We also have a technology division where we're creating uh, security solutions for autonomous systems like satellites and drones. And we have an educational arm where we provide uh, corporate training to upskill and and reskill our workforce to up level our security knowledge. Uh, We primarily operate in, um, we're headquartered in Calgary, Alberta. We've just opened up an office in Winnipeg and uh, Florida. So, um, very busy and, um, and you know, doing good things in the world and happy to be here.
0: That's oh, that's well done. I think you've been in this elevator before, Carol maybe once or twice. That was very <laughs> that was very well thought out prior to uh, jumping on the spot. I'm going to assume for all the wrong reasons, this is a booming business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is and you know it, it should be booming more. Um, okay. mm. We need to be doing much, much more than we are.
0: Okay. And when you say we, uh, it, all the way, and I know you focus on the corporate side, but this is this is something that's universally true that we need to be concerned about as individuals living our lives with our devices and our interconnected homes and right up to our businesses. And as a small business owner, it sometimes gets pushed to the wayside. It's not always, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I know that's not the right way to approach your cybersecurity. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. And you know, it, it, I just shake my head sometimes because, um, you know, you have to, you have to secure your business. This is not a matter of a choice. It's a matter of have to. And I work with mostly deep technology firms. A lot of them are brand new startups and they don't think they have anything to protect. And that's wrong. They have their IP to protect and they also have all of their contacts. And, um, you know, I recently had, uh, a scenario where we just started working with a client and they didn't prioritize the security work and, and their people didn't. They said, no, we're really busy. We're going to do it later. We'll put it off till next time. And, and then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, I get the panicked phone call and the panicked email saying he clicked the link and hundreds of thousands of emails are going out of his account. And, It went to all of his contacts, all of his potential customers, all of his potential investors, angels, VCs, and then hundreds of thousands went to everyone else. And and that kind of reputational damage, you don't recover for. You know, if you're trying to sell some kind of a secure product, which is what they were building for national critical infrastructure, do you think anyone's going to buy from you?
0: No, that's, that is an uh, irreparable brand damage. (laughs) And because you said the lack of trust, like once trust is gone, it is incredibly difficult to rebuild.
1: (laughs) It it really is. And it just says something about your workmanship, right? Mm -hmm. So it says something about your priorities. It says something about your judgment as an entrepreneur. And it it says something about your lack of consideration for the data that you have and for the protection that you're responsible for. Mm
0: -hmm. In a lot of the instances, we're starting off with the triage and getting everybody to all. All the business owners have now leaned in. Uh, that little bit of a, we we tend to get more motivated by what we're scared of than versus what the opportunity is. Uh, is is this in your business? What's the balance between reaction versus pro, being proactive? Because I've, I have lots of friends that work in security space and IT security, and always touting the proactive approach. But so many business owners I know tend to live from more of a reactive. Oh, now we better do it, or you know that balance. And I guess we're just talking very very broad. But in your in your world, what balance of those phone calls are are reacting versus proacting?
1: Well, almost ninety five percent are proactive. Okay. Because we're working ahead of the nice. attack. Okay. So um, I tend to work with very progressive thinkers, especially in the innovation space. So they know better. I'm not trying to convince somebody that's been in business for 40 years. They they know better. They are on board. I'm not trying to sell something to them. They understand that security yeah. is a part of business. Just like having a website, just like having an accountant, you need a security professional. And we provide um, fractional chief security officer services. So they save a lot of money because they get the, the value of a you know a hundred person team of experts Uh, And not have to hire that and build that internally. So we support their internal team, whether they're using a managed service provider, whether they've got, you know, their CTO slash CIO slash Mm. sous chef slash janitor, you know.
0: (laughs) The many hats, the many hats of the the small to medium entrepreneur. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we just we find we meet them where they are. And, uh, and then we up uplevel their skill set and um, just work with them to align their security plan with their business strategy. We're business experts and security experts. So we're a blend of both. So we have a good understanding of the mindset of the entrepreneur and the business owner. And then um, we map that to the security needs. And what's happening now is that the security is going to be regulated. It's not going to be a nice to have anymore. It's going to be a half. Oh, to interesting.
0: Have. Okay, tell me. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, we're seeing more and more um, VCs and banks and um, uh, others embedding into the contracts the need for uh, for security and a proof of security. So they don't want to mm-hmm. do it yourself. Uh, nobody believes in in anybody um, assessing their own work. So they're making that a must have and a lot of competitive bids now, especially if you're bidding for government contracts or large enterprise contracts. uh, They want to know their supply chain is safe and secure and there's steps that have been made. So they're embedding that into the RFPs now and into the bids. Yeah, That
0: makes sense. I've seen that a little bit with some of our larger opportunities for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, And that's just, you know, that's basic common sense. And um, and so when we provide them with a report, then they've got their report and they can say, look, we take security seriously. This is what we've done. This is where we are. And, you know, this is where we're going. So um, so then there's a sense of security. It also reduces insurance. Some companies can't even get insured because they don't have any controls in place. So it's,
0: it's all about managing your risk. And that actuary has factored that into the formula of whether you get insurance or not.
1: <laughs> it, well, totally. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's it it just makes common sense. And if if you're a business owner or a leader and and you're not taking cybersecurity seriously, then I would question the ability to to have good judgment. And really, your leadership needs to make good decisions. And this just makes sense. You wouldn't leave your house uh, with its front door open in a seedy neighborhood with your big screen TV sitting there in the front foyer. And, uh, you know, like it, it wouldn't do it, right? So so you have to switch that That mindset is not that it's a cost, not that it's a pain, not that, you know, because it really isn't. And and it just makes common sense to protect your data, to protect your client's data, to protect your own identity, uh, to not be held for ransomware. We've had multi-generation... Companies call and say, you know, we're being held for $3 million worth of ransom and we're going to pay it Um, because only... 10 to 12% of all cybercrime is reported to the
0: police. I've heard the numbers are really ridiculously low and the the willingness. I've had a few friends. They're like, they just, they got called in to actually help facilitate the the crypto transaction to make the payment because there was just, we'd already got there. We're going forward. We need to make this, make this go away. (laughs)
1: Yeah. There's actually a business and, and there's a business model and, and you know, not one that I really love a whole lot and it's ransomware negotiation as a service. And you know they, ransomware they you about,
0: negotiation as, as a as service.
1: service.
0: Aren't yes. ass. Ar- 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 I'm just like, what's the acronym it's for that? That's,
1: <laughs> I know that's and, interesting.
0: Yeah, of course, of, cor- of course there is, right?
1: <laughs> right, and so they're professional. You know, usually they're ex detectives and professional negotiators. They facilitate the crypto. They negotiate it down and take a percentage of of the negotiation. And it, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's not the the greatest business to be in you know i i just kind of yeah so, hey, so
0: what, what that doesn't do is stop people from getting into that business on the front end of the, of, of being the, the, the people holding hostage. Uh, what's the, was it proof of life with uh, Meg Ryan? And uh, yeah. <laughs> that's so sorry. This I had a flashback to that movie of, you know, hostage negotiations. And, but the more you create an industry around that, the more that means it's not going away either, which is maybe the other scary part of that. Right.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, that's not really, you know, Oh, here's my service offering. This is, you know, that and, and then you know the other ones are, are some of them are very dangerous and it's a combination of physical and digital and the harassment is is quite serious. And um, Okay. You know, that that requires police intervention. And and this doesn't if you don't report it, it doesn't help your situation. And sometimes it's more than just shutting off your computer and reformatting and you know We've seen multi-pronged attacks where they've broken into homes, they've crashed um, Zoom, uh, they've crashed Zoom meetings, they've opened up credit cards and charged forty to fifty thousand dollars on the credit cards. They've stolen files out of homes, um, flying drones over the homes for harassment, and and no ransom. It's just complete harassment. You know, putting child pornography. Yeah, yeah altering files within the computer. Um, so within their own personal computer, they've gone in, deleted files, altered files on RFPs. So, so that kind of malicious behavior is criminal behavior and is a level higher. And, you know, that, that's pretty scary to get in, involved in that. And, and that does require police and they don't like to report it to police because there's the, you know, the old theory snitches get stitches. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we we've watched similar movies, Kara. I've I've heard that, that many times. <laughs> yeah. So okay, let's let's maybe start and work our way. I like I wanna get into the quantum conversation there, but let's start a little bit. Three years ago, everybody went to work from home. I've got my computer sitting on the corner of my desk. I'm not at my office anymore with my firewall and the situation. And now, like my team is remote. And that's I'm just using my own example. And that's at a small small business level. That's happening all across the world. We'll just focus on North America. Just talk to us a little bit about things you need to think about. You know, as that scale from the the company that has workers at home all the way up to like, like I want to definitely geek out on the quantum quantum security and where that's like in our last conversation. That's what I was left thinking about. But let's just think about it. Scale-wise, I'm listening right now. What can I even do as an individual to just make sure my doors are locked? Just to use that metaphor again. Mm-hmm.
1: If you want to use that metaphor, I'll give you the you know the top of the line training that we received when we worked in the banks before. Before it was called cybersecurity, um, it was just security, and it, okay. it was mostly um, about your clients, about keeping the data protected, about having. Um, administrative access to only things that you need to clean desk policy, which means all of the files at the end of the day are locked up, put away. Anything paper is gone, locked up, put away. So, because, you know, if you've got kids at home or you've got friends at home, they're kind of looking around. And if you leave your laptop up, you should have, um, no access. So depending on the sensitivity of the work that you're doing, locked office door, kids aren't allowed in it. Um, and then your computer is locked after, you know, so you, if you walk away from your desk, uh, after a minute it goes and it locks. So, I mean, that's just common sense so that people aren't like looking, so you don't let your kids play on the internet, on your work computer.
0: You literally uh, don't leave the door open.
1: <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> At the most and,
0: basic level. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's, um, I think the, and then of course the passwords, right? Don't store it in your desk. Yeah.
0: Great. <laughs> you mean in your right office drawer with a list on a on a, on a, yeah, on a recipe yeah. card? Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yeah, with card. something that says password, you know.
0: <laughs> it says private across the top or top secret. <laughs> yeah. You want you want to know how to get somebody to read something? Yeah, write private on <laughs> it. Yeah. Uh, again, so simple, it's so simplistic. But I think it's so easy to be like, well, yeah, it's, but I'm just at home, or I just it's so easy to kind of de. Deescalate that in your own mind of like, well, that's not important. That doesn't impact me or I, nothing could happen in my world. Like someone could step, like snatch your, your laptop off the back patio when you went in to get a, get, get a coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's easy as that, right?
1: <laughs> and it happens. It does happen. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, the cousin, the uncle, the, the, the kids are playing, you know, uh, you don't think about that. And then, and then you've got a breach, right? Your kids <laughs> playing on the computer, they click a link, then, you know, or they have access to things that they shouldn't have access to. Uh, and I think that's the the most important is you don't want anyone having access to the company's data that shouldn't have access. That's your responsibility mm-hmm. and and you need to protect it and and we all know better. It's just part of your workmanship. But take like, you know,
0: what I'm hearing really just in this basically like clean desk we can- prioritize, make it important. It's it's very basic, but it's important. Don't trivialize or minimize it because, oh, that's not going to happen. And come on, don't be paranoid. You should be a little, like a little bit, what is it? It's not paranoia if someone actually is chasing you. Is that There's a joke around that. Yeah. You know, pay, and I like what you said about if you live in a city, I don't live in a city neighborhood. If your computer is connected to the internet, you live in a it's a it's in a city neighborhood. <laughs> I think maybe <laughs> it's a safe way to look at it. It's a dirty place out there. <laughs> and I don't even know a fraction of it. I just know that. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about the fact that, you're taking risks just by participating at that level, by, by having connectivity, right? Just even thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, we graduated up a notch. We're now in the office and we're growing a little bit. We maybe, you know, we're a technology company so that your privacy and customer data is really important. What are some of the layers? Like what's that next layer when, okay, we need to get a little bit more serious about this, where we've got everything on the cloud now, where no, we don't have servers on site and that kind of world has changed significantly over probably the last five or 10 years. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that, and it's going to continue to change and evolve. And usually that's when you want your security professionals in at, at that level, even at the first level, at the very basic level. But you really do need to get a security program and plan in place. And so as you grow and scale, those security mm-hmm. controls or measures are put into place. So a lot of breaches come from cloud misconfiguration. Okay. So, Makes so sense. it's human error. So, if we teach you not to make those errors in the first place, proper cloud setup, uh, usage, uh, those kind of things, then you learn that from from the ground up. And and at, when you're in an office and you're growing, you have employees, then you need security awareness training, you're going to need incident response planning, you're probably going to need pen testing, vulnerability scanning. So all of these things are going to come into play as you grow. Depending on your industry as well, you're going to need some kind of certifications for some things, probably for your bid. So for example, if you plan on doing um, any kind of defense contractor work, if you're a dual-use company, then you're going to need your CMMC Level 3 uh, certification. So we will help companies with their readiness assessments and get them ready for audit and then, you know, turn it over to the auditors because obviously we can't audit our own work. Yep. Uh, so we'll get them ready for the certifications. Those certifications make them more competitive and it's becoming mandatory. So well, there's um, that
0: moment when it's kind of a competitive advantage before it becomes table stakes, right? And then you can use it as an advantage until everybody has it. But those are, that's kind of just the cycle of technology in general often. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yep. So uh, as they grow, their their needs are going to become more and more complex. Um, and they will need to get to move from, you know, just a report and a few hours a week to, you know, two days a week to three days a week, and then they're ready to hire their own security people that are solely security. So as we move up the food chain, um, we're seeing now a prevalence of C-suite security people at the table, both on the board and And in senior Mm, management,
0: That that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So the SEC is requiring cybersecurity expertise on the boards in the U.S. So when the U.S. does something, Canada is not long to follow. So those types of conversations are happening now. So you'll have a CIO or a CTO, and you'll also have a chief information security officer, so we've seen a new job category, and that is their sole job, is to do security for the organization. And they'll usually have a team, and depending on how large that organization is, will be how deep that team is. But okay. that team will be managing the SOC, and they will be analysts and multi-level teams. So they'll be building up their own internal teams, still using the, the benefits of a managed security service provider. So you know, we've supported teams of companies that are multi-million, multi-billion. Uh, so that's that's kind of um, that's kind of where you live as you grow up the company and the level of complexity increases.
0: Like so many things in business, you know, the bigger the company, the more the complex, whether it's financial reporting or whatever, whatever it is. But interesting hearing about requirements that have it at the board level and starting to see them. It's becoming mandatory. It's not becoming like, well, yeah, I hope we got that right. It's no, it has to be to just as as you can't turn on the news without hearing a story of a breach and X amount of like passwords were, were scammed or. Credit card information was lost from organizations that I might think from the outside would have had their quote unquote shit together. Uh, Large financial institutions like, come on guys, what were you doing? But you know, that's a classic, I'd say my knowledge of it, an industry that's famous for band-aiding and building on old technology and building, building, building. So how much does technology debt play into this for large uh, kind of generational organizations that are maybe working off an infrastructure that was put in 20 years ago? Is that, I'm assuming that creates that technology debt can create a lot of vulnerability. Mm
1: -hmm. It absolutely does, and yeah. unfortunately, a lot of our IT infrastructure hasn't been updated. Yeah. And you know, I'll I'll use the analogy of um, of like the the game Kerplunk.
0: Okay, where, you know, <laughs> we're, I think we're for, dating. There's a lot. There might be some of our audiences know what we're talking about, but yeah, I'm, I'm clear. I, mean, I know. I, I know what we're Everyone knows
1: what Jenga is, so maybe yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of <laughs> like this. You know, <laughs> you start pulling things out, and you start patching this here and patching that there, and pulling this out. Eventually, it's all going to collapse. So there comes a time where you're going to have to retire that legacy. IT infrastructure and and you have to build. So that's why I love doing new companies because we're building from scratch and we're building it right.
0: Sometimes it's beginning. easier to knock the house down than it is to try to renovate the bathroom, which then turns into renovating the kitchen, and then all of a sudden you've torn the whole house apart.
1: <laughs> totally is, and yeah. then you got a big mess. <clears throat> and so you know, and and it's really um, companies didn't invest properly to begin with. Right. So we've got these. These old archaic systems and nobody wants to touch them because they're afraid if they pull that straw that the whole thing's going to come tumbling down. And it's like, oh, do you want to do modernization work? And it's like, no, thanks.
0: Yeah, because, because yeah, just, if we touch the plumbing in one house, one part of the house, the rest of the house. I like her plunk, I've I've played that game before. You pull the stick, you pull the sticks out. You're like, oh wait, push the stick back in. No, don't pull that stick out. Too too late. Too late. And t- let's talk let, let's talk about the opposition here. How much more sophisticated are the adversaries, are our enemies, are the you know, the criminals, the people that are perpetrating these crimes as a business and as revenue streams. I'm assuming they are every like when someone's focus every day is how to get something from you, they're going to find a way.
1: <laughs> they totally are. Oh, they're kicking our butts like that. We okay. don't even. I'm sorry, okay. we don't even. <laughs> we don't even compete. And and I think it's really uh, arrogant for anybody, especially in Canada, to think that we are some kind of competition. Um, so these mm, guys, oh, are the okay, best now we're getting into the right juicy
0: of- bits, Kara. cars yeah, rolling up her sleeves so, now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's, let's go there because, okay. you know, I think, I think we've got our heads in the sand and as Canadians, we, we feel pretty safe and secure and, hmm. you know, you know, we're pretty content and easygoing and oh because we're honest, everybody else is going to be honest. Well, no. Uh, it, it, <laughs> God, that sounds so. That
0: sounds so darn. Well, if we say if we say we're sorry, everything will be fine, right? Um, yeah, it's so
1: Canadian of us. But yeah. <laughs> the, the, the reality when a strength of it,
0: becomes a weakness—that's exactly yeah. what that is.
1: <laughs> but you know, so I'll give you an example. The U.S. just they laid off a ton of tech workers, right? And a lot of them were immigrants, and their visas aren't going to be renewed, and they're going to be mm. going back to their other their home countries, or they've just, they're unemployed. So the multinationals on the dark web are hiring these people at two to 10 times their highest professional salaries, and they're training them. So they have a massive HR infrastructure. Oh my God, that's super
0: scary, but it makes tons of sense. (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. Every bit as sophisticated as our most sophisticated organizations. They have, they have trainers and they have executives and they have HR people and they have marketing and they have operations and they have, They're very, very sophisticated and their sole job is to execute nefarious activities, and they're paid a fortune. Like when your company cons- purposes
0: malicious intent, what can you accomplish? A scary amount of things. <laughs>
1: yeah, and and they're getting the best and the brightest. So they get all these laid-off people that are already trained. They've worked for Google. They've worked for Microsoft. They already have that inside information. They've already been trained in it. It's so like having
0: moles been- in the Cold War and activating them, like all those other movies. Since we're using movie references, yeah, right? <laughs> Like oh, we've had sleeper cells. You know, we you know we'll send you over there. You'll learn everything about it. It, and then we'll come back because we fired you, and then we'll create an opportunity. I've, I'm oversimplifying, but that's what did I, I had a, a retired army major on talking about the the ukraine situation and you know he was talking about his concerns over canada from a military perspective and he said canada has never been forced to pay for its lack of preparation because of three bodies of water and a and a big powerful neighbor to the south it's just resonating with me as i'm hearing his words listen to you talk about it from a secure, from a cybersecurity perspective which it sounds like that 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 line would hold true as well we've never been forced to pay for our lack of preparation mm-hmm.
1: and and we're going to so so this, as, there, as this army, cyber army is being prepared to attack us, they're coming. So we've just been lucky. And, and that's all, you know, I, there'll be waves and waves and waves. And I, I kind of um, bring an analogy of, of the pandemic. Nobody here thought there was a pandemic. There, it was on TV. They were getting sick somewhere else. Really wasn't, wasn't up to us. And then our friends started getting it. Right. So when people we knew started to get COVID, that's when it became real. And, and I think the same thing is going to mm. happen when people we know, when they've lost their businesses, when they've lost their identity, when it hits home, when it's that person got it, this one did and that one did. We start to see all of our friends get hit. Then maybe the, the denial is going to to be um, obliterated. It's like no this but, but, is but, but, by th-
0: by then the house is already on fire though right. <laughs> it
1: is. And you know yeah. and, and then and then it's like oh well th- those people sounded like chicken little before and you know they were just trying to sell product and services before but it's like no we're actually right, and we're trying to warn you.
0: Hmm. I read a book last summer or listened to it. This is how I'm just pulled it up to remind me. This is how they tell me the world ends about the cyber weapons arm race written by Nicole Perloth. And it was Yeah, like it it was, it was freaky intense about the unpacking and and, and kind of historically as we added phones and as we added technologies and how that opened the door and even what kind of Oh, the ability for oversight and eavesdropping and lack of privacy. And then, you know, what happens when we breach our power facilities or our nuclear facilities get breached and, you know, talking about the bad actors at a state level globally, that that's their focus. Like the next wave isn't bombers overhead. It's malicious wear in your computer. <laughs> and, and it was, and she did it from, I think started down the road doing a reporting piece and then just started to go, what the, and started peeling back the layers and reporters. She was like, Wall Street Journal, New York times or like a reputable, but didn't start to write the book, but, Got in there and went. Whoa, we need to talk about this. And it was a pretty powerful uh, read that didn't leave you feeling good about yours, about about how uh, well you sleep at night.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know it's it's pretty straightforward. Like it's not onerous. It's not super expensive. It it just makes common sense. You you put, you know, you protect your home. You lo- you have locks on your doors. You have locks on your windows. You have a security system. You know, you keep your you keep your lights on in the dark. You you know keep. The hedges trimmed. You do, like you do a,
0: things to mitigate your, yeah, totally right. Mm-hmm.
1: And then you know, and then if your neighbor leaves the front door open with the TV in the foyer, they're going there, right? So if you protect yourself, you just make it more attractive for them to go somewhere else where it's easier.
0: Be that be be the the harder prey. You know that, uh, that's because it, it gets very primal when you think about it that way. Don't don't make yourself an easy target.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's just yeah. it's really don't be a victim, and mm-hmm. and it's. It's a most of it is preventable. A lot of stuff comes from internal. Just clicking, clicking the link, on some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you, the you left the door
0: open and actually invited them in. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, because yeah, yeah. they
0: looked. They looked honest. I, they looked that email looked legit. It looked uh, like I, it
1: came from the lawyer's office. Or so, so one of the things. Another. Um, Newer one, it's been around for a while, but they're using AI to capture people's voices. Mm, okay,
0: I wanted to ask you the role that AI is because that's just a force multiplier for bad or good behavior, right?
1: <laughs> right. And so now they can, if you, uh, they can string whole sentences together that sound just like you on a snippet of, of voice. So they can create a message they can leave the voicemail asking for money so we've seen some scams where the ladies have thought that it was their son's calling and have sent them money cuz they're in distress or you know some you've always heard the story of the little old lady that gets scammed from from someone that sounds like a family member and requesting yeah. money and sending money so but what they're also doing is they're doing it for the the C suite as well so the CEO the CFO um telling people to go buy gift cards, telling people to send money on a Friday. Somebody asks you to send a large sum of money on a Friday and it sounds like your CEO. Chances are it's not because most people don't send money on a Friday afternoon, yeah. you know? So if it doesn't make common sense, don't do it. Wait, you know, use, use caution, but, um, even keystrokes. So they they have programs now that can, um, mimic the way you speak in an email so it sounds just like you and the cadence and and how you talk so it's um you know it, so that those are two use cases the other of course is uh is anomaly detection so you know you can mm-hmm. you can modify network behavior, you can monitor, monitor, not modify, you monitor network behavior, you can monitor um, the way people use things. And you can have Well, that example, where you get
0: the call from your credit card company, like, hey, there's a transaction that doesn't make yeah, sense. They're right. not looking there. Someone's like, oh, they're watching my transactions. No, they have systems that look for uh, uh, outliers.
1: Exactly. And then they send an alert. And so you'll because see humans that- were
0: very pattern driven. And we don't realize it to the like, we are so pattern oriented <laughs> in terms of our behavior. <laughs>
1: Exactly and that type of behavioral analysis um, there's there's a lot of um, great companies out there that are, are doing this and so you'll layer the technology with the expertise and and right. we have some wonderful partners uh fortnet dark tracer come two of our uh preferred vendors and okay. um, they've got the anomaly detectors and they'll it just does network monitoring identifies the patterns and the behavior and then it'll flag if there is some kind of anomaly which goes to an alert to your security analyst and then that's their to-do it list just creates, for the day. crazily
0: creates a ticket uh, yeah uh, i guess exactly. a certain piece of activity that makes yeah. sense so AI obviously having an, having an impact that's only going to become more. Uh, you and I started down the, the quantum computing, quantum security, and I was I was I was actually on ChatGPT this morning getting it to walk me through quantum computing and the risk to cybersecurity, the risk to blockchain, what does the future look like? And last time you and I chatted, this is where you got the most fired up around like, whoa, we really need to pay attention to this one because this is this is like a force multiplier like we have not seen. So talk to me a little bit about like just set the stage around quantum security and what keeps you up at night around this.
1: Well, we don't have a defense for it. So for- <laughs> <laughs> the doors are wide open. We don't even have doors. We didn't
0: even put doors on.
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay. That's, right. You know, So that that's a real threat is the the commercialization of quantum computing is going to crack all of our existing encryption. So anything with a password, anything, all of our encryption. So right now they're, they're stealing now to decrypt later. That's Mm. so they'll steal the databases, custom information, um, private military information, And they'll crack it once we've got that sophistication. Right. So, so quantum computing is different than classical computing. So high performance computing is one. Quantum will work orders of magnitude better and higher than what classical computing is, but it solves different kinds of problems. Because
0: it goes beyond the binary zeros to one and actually creates complex interrelationships within just scales, capacity and capability of complexity, right? As I'm reading, like it's not the binary system that we're all used to. Oh, zeros and ones and you make that joke. It's blowing that out of the water. And zeros and ones can now exist simultaneously on multiple sides of the cube almost.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's superposition and that's what that's the phenomenon or that's the mechanics that that make mm-hmm. it work. So it's logarithmic um, and exponential increases by order of magnitude. So with that um, and and no real defense against that, we're kind of doing, uh, it's an arms race. So yeah. all of the universities are working on trying to find post-quantum cryptography keys to use um, because the other ones are going to be broken. So NIST is, Got three or four. I think three have been cracked again. I, they they keep finding ways to break them. So as we move now, um, we're looking at layered types of defenses. So um, quantum key distributions layered with PQC. So it's it's very much the wild wild west. Uh, <laughs> nobody, like yeah, and and it's kind of you know I'm watching uh, a lot of startups and they're getting funded millions of dollars, and it's. It's expensive. Um, the best and brightest minds are on it, and we're—it's a real threat. Like this is something that's coming, and China's ahead of the game. Uh, U.S. got caught on their back foot. I think they focus more on hardware and less on communications. Uh, Canada has got a, a very strong international presence, and and levels of expertise uh with the university of calgary uh quantum institute of science and technology so yeah they're the university of calgary is actually doing some incredible things with quantum city and um we we've got um a deep deep level of of expertise here that most people really don't think of of calgary having Um, we're more known as oil and gas town ag town but uh Quantum science is a, is a distinct, unique competency that we have that, that we should be strengthening um, with, with um, multi-levels of industry partnerships and uh, government and, and small startups. It's an area of excellence that we can be proud of.
0: I appreciate, I really appreciate because you're right. This is exactly kind of why I do, one of the many reasons why I do the show. There's so many things that go on here that if you don't happen to bump into them, you just, you actually kind of don't believe that that's happening in Calgary. Biotech is another one. I When I started peeling back, I was like, there's a huge biotech community here that no one ever that I knew talked about to even hear you talk about quantum. And so often there's a post-secondary or there's a there's a learning institute that's tied that's tied to that kind of thought leadership. I just want to touch on the power of what you said, like the arms race, like not to downplay that. This isn't you're not you're not worried about somebody in their basement on the other side of the world. You're worried about government funded groups that are have nefarious intent and, and they're out there. Like this is a, these are worthy adversaries that you like, you're out, we're outgunned before we even get out out of bed in the morning.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you think about that. I mean, you just, (laughs) you read about the Wagner group or, or Conti or any of those, those are mercenary mercenaries for hire. So the most money and, and they get the job and they behave just like a criminal organization. So nobody knows who each other is. They come together, they form a team. They do the attack, they execute attack. They they, you know, divide the the spoils and they never see each other again until the next time. So highly highly sophisticated, making tons and tons of money. People can't catch them. The police can't catch them. We don't have an extradition treaty with Russia or China. So, you know, if they decide they're going to hunt you, they're going to hunt you. And, and you only, your only protection really is, is to prevent it in the first place or make it as hard as, hard d- as d- you Don't can. make it
0: easy. You have, like I've heard you say, like, don't you know, make it easier to go to the next, the, the next door, not your
1: right. door. Right. Like, cause if you think that the police are going to catch them and prosecute them and charge them and bring them to justice and somehow you're getting your money back, like you're delusional. That just doesn't exist in this world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so where does in your now now we'll pull out the crystal ball for the, where do you see this all netting out because you made the comment of the wild west things do normalize over time sometimes what are the next steps or where do you see some of the real opportunities to like quote proverbial get our shit together
1: well we need to be educated so okay. stop thinking that we already know stop thinking <laughs> that yeah we're so good because we haven't been hacked that's that's like you sound like a fool it sounds like you're you know, you, you really sound foolish, and you're embarrassing yourself. So stop saying those kind of it. things. Yeah. You God. know, like that. It, Shh,
0: it's, your your ignorance is showing. Shh. I don't want to. Tell, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want to mention it, but I think I need to.
1: <laughs> I know it's like you're embarrassing yourself. Okay, so like like you you really don't want to do that. You're embarrassing yourself and everybody that knows you. So. <laughs> so.
0: No, I, lo- I love it. This is not this is not a joking matter in any sense of the word because the consequences are very severe.
1: <laughs> it is so you know it's it's like. I, I'm not even gentle about it anymore. You know, I used to kind of tiptoe around that and think, well, and now I just say, look, you're embarrassing yourself. Don't, uh, you know, and I'm not saying it to be cruel or mean or nasty. I'm just saying it because I want to help you. You can't have that mentality. Okay. It's just wrong. Right. You, you don't walk around in a it, like, you know, downtown Calgary in three in the morning, drunk out of your head with, you know, all your jewelry and not expect to get mugged. Okay. So like, you know, it's like, Oh, it won't happen to me. You know what? You're asking for it. So stop, like just stop, like let's get, get the right supports in place, get the right experts in place, but also realize that we're amateurs and we have not invested and we don't have security capacity in this country. So we need to up level our existing security people because really they're, they're at a very basic level. And, and that's going to take money. We need to pay people the way that they should be paid. And we need to be competitive globally. So Canada has to stop underpaying our our professionals. And, and we're the worst for it. And that has to stop. People need to be paid for their expertise. So let's make it harder for the states to poach our best people. People move to the states because they get paid more. Like, you know, it's not because they want to leave the country. It's because they need to make a living for themselves and their families. So let's up level the payments so that people can actually have a nice life and they can be paid and for their expertise. And then they're not enticed and encouraged to go to the dark side or go to the U.S. Hmm. You know, like that. These are all solvable problems
0: from touching on that about losing talent and, you know, even talking about the role of the universities and post-secondary plays, it doesn't, it sounds like we also, and I'm inferring that we don't actually have enough talent. Like we need to like really invest in it on all levels because this is a constantly, like, feels like a great career path if you want to get into something that is, you know, not going away. But, you know, in Canada right now, if everyone listening to this goes, wow, I need top level, I need to find out what's going on. Do we have enough resources to even respond if that demand was even there? Just thinking about it from a corporate level, not even at a federal or a government level?
1: Well, no, we don't. because okay. we, That not, was what I was
0: sensing. That's what I was hearing for sure.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, it's like there's 3.2 million open jobs in cybersecurity globally today. 3.2 million.
0: Million with an M, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so, and that's globally. And then in the U.S., 700,000. So, you know, Canada, at least 100,000. Well, we're a pretty small market, but
0: hmm it's irrelevant and yeah if the us is at seven we're at least at 70 there's always a 10 to 15 percent rule typically from one to the other like that often yeah, holds up right
1: i think that number is a lot higher okay. but but the, the so the way we train in post-secondary is outdated and i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend any post-secondary cybersecurity training in in the from the curriculums I've looked at, not from any institute. No, oh, interesting. So
0: from the positivity you had around some of the thought leadership around quantum specifically, but as soon as you drop down or not move to a different category, there's a, There we're actually not doing a good job.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. And then mm. you know, I, and I've seen programs. Oh, somebody took an Azure cloud course and they've got uh, a computer science degree and looking for an intern and they're calling them security experts. And I'm, I am, I think that's so irresponsible. You know, nobody on my team has less than 20 years of experience. And that's tough because
0: as a leader, as a business leader, sometimes you don't know. It's like, it's like the old joke of going to the garage and they're like, oh, it's your alternator and it's going to be $2,000. And you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure how my car works. Like there's that vulnerability. Sometimes I know that can, you can feel that as a business leader where you're, you're maybe a generalist at best and you trust someone who to be an expert and they're actually not. That's actually way more dangerous because you think you're doing the right thing.
1: Well, and, and that is everywhere. And it, there's a lot of charlatans out there and they're marketing themselves. Lots of
0: gurus out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I look at that and I'm like, you're that's very irresponsible. And then I feel sorry for the entrepreneurs and the business owners because how do they tell? Right? Like they're yeah. like, oh, this guy's got really good marketing and this – person is looks really well as a smart. marketer
0: i will yeah th- sometimes a shiny website doesn't mean but anyways that that is a risk that's a risk for sure the company with the best marketing isn't always the company with the best services they're a company that's really good at marketing appreciate it for that <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly but,
0: yeah but it's easy to make that mistake as a business leader of how do you how do you vet that and and you know how do you have enough expertise to vet the expert you often don't mm. uh, you don't
1: and so and then and then too you've hired somebody that has internally that has uh, purported to be a security expert well you don't know what skills they have maybe they look good on paper probably five years since they took a course to upgrade their skills nobody really understands AI or quantum and you know they're busy trying to put fires out and keep people's computers going. So, a desktop IT analyst is not a cybersecurity. What does
0: my brother-in-law tell me? It's job security through obscurity. So that's he <laughs> goes. That's what keeps most people in the IT profession employed. <laughs> He's joked that to me before. And uh, and the and the the over-engineering things you don't need and spending costs and. Oh man, it's, uh, it's, uh, I like to leave people feeling elevated and and positive at the end of these chats, but this, I I also, also appreciate having a real conversation, which I knew you and I were going to have, (laughs) Kara.
1: Yeah. And this this is
0: serious. We're not screwing around here, folks.
1: (laughs) No, even though we're laughing and joking about it, it really isn't because when, when your business, you know, so I've had meetings even recently where people have had to take jobs that are former entrepreneurs because their business went bankrupt. So sixty seven percent of all businesses that have been hit go bankrupt. They whoa, that's recover. a big number.
0: Wow, that's, that's a crazy, right. scary number.
1: Yep, and eighty percent get hit twice. So it, it is a big well. You number. go rob
0: the house, did you know who they leave? You know, you already know they leave the doors open.
1: <laughs> well, you're yeah. You get posted on the dark web that you paid the ransom. So it's like, oh yeah, they paid the ransom. And, and so, and then, you know, you say, well, I have insurance, I have a million dollars worth of insurance and they go find your insurance policy and your computer they know what it's worth. And that's what the ransom
0: is. (laughs) You can't win when your opponent knows more about you than you. Like that's a scary situation. You try to
1: negotiate it down and say, well, I don't have a million dollars. And they go, we have your insurance policy. We know you're not telling the Oh my God.
0: That must feel so shitty. Like that's feeling that's shitty on top of shitty.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, like they're smarter than we are. And yeah. and it's our to, own fault. to your
0: point, and and for, the best thing you can do is just start start thinking that out of the gate. Don't think you're smarter than your opponent. That's always dangerous, I find, because <laughs> you're because under, yeah. you're underestimating. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh wow. Okay. So um, for, for the basics, the foundations, the like obviously reach out groups like yourself. Um, Is it jurisdictional? Is it like the companies, again, you talked about Canada and the US. I'm curious, like, are you doing work down in the US as well? You said you obviously moved down to Florida because of the opportunity, the volume. Is there US companies coming up here looking for service providers? Like, is the US stronger? Yeah, I didn't think that. would. You're like, no. So I asked that question laughing. (laughs) Um, Just let's talk pure business. What pulled you down to Florida? Was it opportunity? Was it just sheer volume? Was it something about that market?
1: Yeah, it's opportunity. Um, I, I tried and tried and tried to raise, uh, money and and funding and build cybersecurity tech here and was impossible so the mm, valley yeah. of death here I hear that story the, too often it is and it and that's also solvable uh <laughs> but there's no the inertia here to get anything done is is embarrassing and um and I just got frustrated I said you know I love living in Canada I love the country I'm from here and if I can't do it nobody can there's so many pitfalls here, and we just we don't have a level of sophistication in our investment community to take early stage risk. We don't have those pathways and the commercialization pathways. They don't exist, and I don't care what people say. They don't. They're selling a dream that doesn't exist. It's more like a nightmare. If you go to the U.S., <laughs> um, so I went to I went to a conference actually, Select USA conference a year ago, and. Um, I was selected as one of two Canadian companies to participate in the U.S. Department of Commerce, Gina Raimondo's Global Women in Tech Network Expansion Program. And uh, and we met um, all of the, the senior policymakers, the Canadian Ambassador to the U.S., um, the Deputy Secretaries. And we were put in touch with all of the economic development people and they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, hmm. they, that they were like a great opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh. They were so good and so smart and so keen. And they were like, yes, ma'am. What do you need? What do you need? How can I help you? How, you know, what things do you need to set up shop here? And they were all competing with each other from different states. And, um, They just were, they were amazing and they followed up and they did what they said they were going to do. It was, you know, I didn't have to chase them down. That was, that was what I really like. the difference between how Americans do business and Canadians because Canadians, I have to follow up, follow up, follow up. Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And then it comes wrong. Well, in the U S it's like, yes, ma'am, one or two clarifying questions they deliver what I've asked for. It's done correctly, and it's in my inbox within 24 hours. So That sounds lovely,
0: Kara. That sounds amazing. <laughs>
1: well, you know what? That's the way things are supposed to work.
0: You, we you, have, you, 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 you would know, think.
1: You would think. And, and I'm not saying that all Canadians are – are not well, like we're that. speaking
0: broadly, but this is your experience, and it's resulted in you setting up shop. And the, like, you the, the, your you your you're, your, you know, it's real for you and your business. What and what was it about Florida that that won over? Because it sounds like it was there was competitive opportunities. What what was it about Florida? Because I had a few other companies uh, that I know in Calgary that Florida has come up. And I grew up in the on the East Calgary Montreal, so everybody had a connection to Florida. But over here, it wasn't always the way. But I've just run into a few business lately that said, "Oh yeah, I'm setting up in Florida." It kind of struck me as a little bit interesting. It's
1: just it was easy. Like, okay. it, yeah. uh, so, so <laughs> not only like, so they made it very easy to, to, to incorporate. So, and then there's no state tax. So that from a tax perspective, mm, that okay. was appealing yeah. from the ease of being able to incorporate. That was easy. Um, we got co-working space, proximity to army, Navy, and air force and security, um, proximity to veterans and uh, proximity to an educated workforce. So everything was there. They have space. They have um, innovation parks. Uh, they help you with your commercialization, with legal, accounting, BD. Like everything is right there in a nice box. And and the the economic development team is phenomenal. You know, I met all their people. We've had multiple Zoom calls, and he he just stayed on me. Like you know, he's like, "How else can I help you? What else do you need?" I said, I need a mailing address, done. You know, it was just, he just made it easy. And, and when you're dealing with complex markets, and especially when you're trying to figure out which is which is the best way, do you do it this way, do you do that, do you incorporate, mm-hmm. is it a sub, is it, you know, how are, how are we going to do this? And I, I had all the resources I needed, all my questions answered very quickly, and I was like, well, this is, you know, this is quite, Quite straightforward.
0: Well, you said that you said the magic word easy. <laughs> like that goes a long way in business because things aren't traditionally easy; they're hard. And when you have a million things on your plate, the easy thing is well, you you move you move in that direction. There, it creates it creates inertia. So oh, it's it's I appreciate the hearing the details and just the, the brass tacks of yeah, here's why we did it. And it sounds like the opportunity hasn't even begun to unfold yet. Like you're still early yeah. days on the ground there. <laughs>
1: yeah, very it's very new. And then I have a lot of clients, and because we're deep tech and we're building things, you know different kinds of technology, sensors, drones, hydrogen. Um, I have a a whole client roster that I'm going to take with me. So Mm -hmm. as I find my markets um, and introduce my markets, we're looking for dual purpose technologies in energy and, you know, and in communications and in food security. So anything that's got traction here is just going to get more traction there so the just because of
0: sheer volume and opportunity size that's Mm -hmm.
1: right so i'm working a lot on market expansion so you hear all of this um how alberta is importing all of these uh you know immigrants from other countries and Mm -hmm. they're trying to bring companies here from other countries while all the work that we're doing on attraction uh everybody else is doing everywhere else to yeah. take our good companies because they know how good our tech is and how high quality our I've had a lot are. of guests
0: on where I'm like, oh, how many companies do you have in Alberta? They're like, mm, I'm like Canada. They're like, mm, I said overseas. They're like, oh yeah, no, it's really successful for us, but we're based here. There's a lot There's a lot of tech that happens here that doesn't get uh, customers here.
1: Exactly. Which gets and- me
0: excited in different ways, but also it's like, well, what are we doing wrong? But I'm still always glad to hear that local tech and local companies Entrepreneurs are getting global opportunities, which really speaks to that. But why can't you get a company here? Which comes back to your kind of frustration with Canadian business. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and we have to have that mentality, you know, yeah. build Canadian, buy Canadian. And until we have that that mentality inbred, like the US, the first thing they said, Are you American? You know, are you I happen yeah. to have a dual citizenship, so I can say yes to that. And oh, okay. Like, That's okay. so that,
0: that must have made things a little bit easier for you.
1: Yeah, it did, and it's like yeah, and they're like okay, let's go, right? It, it, so <laughs> it, there's a huge, but it's very focused on build American, buy American, and and that there's something to be said for that because Canada starts things up, America buys them for pennies on the dollar, and then applies Disney magic marketing to it and, and scales shit out it. of it, yeah, 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 <laughs> they do, and then sells it back to Canada at ten x, and we just wrap surfaces around it. And call it a day when all of the and all the money goes down to the states, and it's like we can fix that. That doesn't have to happen, and it's been like that for you know decades. Yeah, I, I was, haven't talking, seen I was talking to
0: somebody yesterday about you know they were their high performance coach and they work with different CEOs and they're like, Oh, one of my friends, like, oh, I hired this amazing person from, from Chicago. But there, it was a part of it. what made them amazing is that they were from somewhere else. He goes, this familiarity breeds contempt thing that we've got going on in Western Canada. Like if you're from here, you're probably not as good. I'm going to go hire someone exotic from another location. And he's like, I know that person. They weren't as good as the person they could have hired here, but because they were from there, they were immediately elevated just as a brand perception. And he was quite frustrated about it. I just had this conversation like two nights ago and he's like, familiarity breeds contempt and he goes, In Alberta, we really shoot ourselves in the foot with that. So it kind of resonates with me just in what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we have to change that. That, like, it, it, it doesn't get better. We have world class technology experts here in all domains. You talk about biotech. You talk about hydrogen. We talk about extraction technologies, quantum, oh, What's happening AI. with lithium, what's
0: happening even in ag Lithium, tech. yeah, yeah sure, everything.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we're up there. And I've been all over, um, especially during the pandemic, I got to know other markets. So I got to know markets in Europe. I got to know the US, Australia. And and we are competitive on the global stage. And we're as good or better than most and so as I, but they're better marketers and they support We're each other. We're just too
0: goddamn humble back to being Canadian.
1: <laughs> we got to stop that. We yeah, have to no, t- tell
0: know. the, tell, tell the story and uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, quantum computing, quantum security, I want to learn more. Do I just go on the internet? Do I take a course? What, how would you direct somebody who is, you know, I always want to leave somebody with something at the end going, oh, I'm excited. What do I do now? What do I Google? Where, where do I go? It's a good podcast. It kind of gets you curious about digging into something, in my, in my opinion. Any recommendations? I know you do some, you, you, you have an educational aspect of your business as well. Like, What do you recommend for somebody who wants to get into the sector and, and work in it versus just wants to educate themselves and learn more?
1: Well, if you just, you know, if you just Google it, Right. You can Yeah, it's a
0: barrage you, of information. There, yeah, hits you.
1: there's a ton. And then, you know, it and it depends on where you wanna focus. Do you wanna focus on on hardware, on the computing part? Do you wanna focus on network part? Do you wanna focus on quantum communications? So mm-hmm. you can Google quantum security. There's not a lot of courses that are just for fun out yet <laughs> yeah for, fair for fun, right i know uh the university of calgary has got some uh new certificate and diploma programs and i i believe they've been approved if not they're in the works so post degree you can get a certificate or um uh, some kind of a. I think there's a diploma and there might be okay. a master's there might be a master's in it too I I know that that's all in the works so I think we'll start to see that in the post secondaries Okay. At, uh at the university level. And then for just the, you know, you can YouTube anything. And they've got, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, B- built, and built by, great. built
0: by, taught by. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you yeah. know what to search, someone was asked me the other day, like, what's the value of going to a conference versus just learning online? I said, well, learning online, you often know what you're targeting. Sometimes you got to go to a conference to go, Oh shit. I didn't even know about that thing. Like getting exposed to new versus just learning something. Like there's a difference there. Cause if you're only learning what you know, then where are you getting inspired or where are you getting kind of blown away? I think it's important to expose yourself to both, mm.
1: yeah, and you know there are quantum conferences, and they bring in speakers from all over the world. And, and just so that you know that so that everyone can understand the magnitude, all of us are going to have to migrate to quantum and safe uh, safe security measures. So every single company is going to mm-hmm. have to migrate. So this is like we call it you've heard y two k business mm-hmm. like y2q used to quantum every single company oh i've not heard y2q
0: okay interesting <laughs> yeah
1: so so this will impact every single company every so single this is not person. if this
0: is just when that's all exactly. we're, we're just talking about a timeline and yeah. is that is that 12 months is that 36 months is it 60 months
1: uh it, it's going fast <laughs> you know some people are they're saying he's like okay, whoa
0: tyler not gonna pin me down i'm not gonna answer that question
1: yeah, yeah <laughs> but i'm saying it's coming sooner than we this think. isn't
0: 10 years but it's not one year somewhere in the yeah and i appreciate yeah. we don't we don't know but it's coming
1: yeah like we're it not is. talking
0: about sci-fi like this is like this that the, well what's one, what once was magic it became science what is magic you know like where they're always that cycle of like oh it feels like magic and the next thing it becomes da- daily use
1: <laughs> it does it's, and it's going to be as ubiquitous as email Right. So if this is something that's going to be in everybody's cybersecurity awareness toolbox, every single company is going to have to migrate to quantum safe security. So they're going to have to move off of the encryption that we have now and into quantum safe encryption. And that is going to be a massive, massive undertaking. Oh
0: my God. In the messy middle of what goes wrong while that's happening. If you think of the early days of the internet or the early days of any type yep. of, like, oh my goodness, that's when things really, that's when people get hurt.
1: <laughs> well, and you need experts to do that. Our expertise is in quantum machine learning and quantum cryptography. This requires experts. You cannot do it yourself. So, you know, so the do-it-yourself guy that thinks, oh, this is just going to be easy peasy. It's not. Mm -hmm. You need to hire experts because they have to help you navigate. And it is very tricky. So the mechanics of it is very tricky to do and do accurately and correctly, especially more complex organizations like governments and large enterprises that have legacy infrastructure it, it's going to be massive, and most people don't even have an inventory of their assets. So, you know, starting off with the, getting an inventory of of all of your encryption is where you start first, because you got to figure out what you have in order to to, to determine. What you're migrating? I always joke.
0: We have to change course. I'm like, well, what course are you on now? Oh, we're not 100 percent sure. I'm like, well, then what do you mean by change course? (laughs) Like you got to understand. And then what's the delta? And then where am I going? Where am I going to go? And you're right. You just you run so fast with your business at every at every level. It's so easy to leave things behind. But what I'm hearing loud and clear is the consequences of that are only becoming more and more severe, if not already. Like it's not if you're going to get hacked. It's when. And maybe you already are, and you just don't even realize it. To your point about we'll we'll steal now and we'll deal with and we'll use later. Right. That's really scary. The inventory. (laughs) that are getting built up of when we can crack this, we'll already have it. And, and you think you you're fine. You, you like, they're they're in the basement. You don't even know. <laughs> like, that's super scary if you want to get into it that way.
1: Well, yeah. And you know what? They don't, it's not like they leave a calling card that says, I stole your database.
0: <laughs> they didn't so, leave, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, so the, the people that think they haven't been hacked, they have no idea. These guys don't leave footprints. They don't leave a calling card. Yeah, they yeah. don't say, you know, we got it. You don't find out. Most of them don't even find out. Sorry, until, I missed
0: you while you were out. I stole your stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, we've never been hacked you know, it's because they know better. They don't leave little breadcrumbs and and footprints everywhere. So they don't even know all of their stuff is gone. It's been sold. It's been posted on the dark web. So, you know, that's, that's the reality of the situation. So the arrogance and the ignorance, uh, it, it only makes people look foolish. So, um, you know, so in terms of, of getting educated, <clears throat> it's an evolving field that's yeah. moving very, very quickly.
0: But more importantly, uh, you find professionals and 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 and, yeah. and try to vet, and vet them and reference them and experience and like make sure you're not getting a quote unquote guru. You're getting the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, Kara, such a cool little rabbit hole. I was I was excited to for this conversation. You did not it was not disappointing. So and I I think we could probably go for another hour, but we will bring it together. I think that was a fantastic conversation that got everybody a little bit just properly freaked out. And you should be. Like, you know, if everyone around you is freaking out and you're not, it's maybe because you haven't grasped the reality of the situation. <laughs> Um, com your website, what's your, do you have a preferred, there's so many ways to get a hold of everybody. Do you have a preferred channels at LinkedIn? Like what, what do you love if someone just reaches out to you on, if they want to,
1: mm. um, they can email me at Kara at com or they can find me on LinkedIn under Kara nice. Wolf. Beautiful. So yeah, I'm very accessible. Love to hear from anyone interested. And, um, yeah, this is, uh, this has been a very quick hour. I knew it it has a went by
0: super. It went by super. It's a sign of a good conversation. Yeah, uh, I love it. Thank you, Kara. It was a pleasure. I believe we will be chatting again because I think I'm going to want quarterly or at least every six months updates. I'm like, okay, what do I need to be paranoid about next? And I say <laughs> that a little bit tongue in cheek, but this is definitely something to take seriously and not to don't look foolish that was the one overarching piece of advice you don't know, embarrass oh,
1: yourself
0: I, this is this is, i'm this is not me i'm like oh it might it might be and i think that that's a little, little bit of humility goes a long way when it comes to locking your doors <laughs> thanks so much Kara. i love the chat
1: thanks tyler